We're in Ephesians chapter number 5, if you will turn there with me. Ephesians chapter number 5. And we're going to read just uh, three verses in Ephesians chapter 5. But we will uh, obviously study the chapter a little bit more as we go through the message. The title of the message tonight is Too Many Choices. Too Many Choices. And we're in Ephesians chapter number 5. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 15. And I don't recall that last night I had you all stand. And so I apologize for that. But uh, if, you, if you have Ephesians chapter number 5 and you're physically able, uh, if you could stand in the honor of the reading of the Word of God tonight. Ephesians chapter number 5. We're going to read verses 15, 16, and 17. And then we'll have a quick word of prayer and get into the message this evening. Verse number 15 of Ephesians 5. The Bible says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let's have one last quick word of prayer, and we'll get right into the message. Father, we pray tonight, as our pastor has already prayed, Lord, that you would meet with us. Lord, that you uh, would be honored, that you would be lifted high this evening. And Lord, that's our desire each and every time we gather. We pray that today, tonight, would be no different. And Holy Spirit, once again, we pray that you would have free reign and free course here. And Lord, that you would please help us to receive exactly the truth, exactly the principle, exactly the the verse or the phrase or the word, Lord, that would impact our lives for your kingdom and for your glory. Lord, please remove from our minds anything that would distract us. Please help us, dear God, to focus on purpose tonight on what Ephesians chapter 5 has for us. We pray again that you would be glorified in all that is said and done. We ask and pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for standing. You may be seated. Now, we realize that God has given us a free will. Uh, We are free moral agents, and we have uh, the opportunity and the wonderful privilege to make choices, to make decisions. And along with the privilege and along with the opportunity to make choices and to make decisions, obviously we have a great accountability with regards to the decisions that we make. Now, each and every single day of our lives, we all make many, many decisions, many choices. And in order to make the decisions and the choices that would honor the Lord, we need to seek His will. We need to seek His wisdom. uh, And we need to uh, ask Him to help us to make the right decisions, the decisions that honor Him. How many of you remember uh, back uh, at a time when, when there weren't as many choices when it comes to soft drinks? You remember when there was, you know, Coke and maybe Diet Coke and, and a Sprite or a 7-Up? Y'all remember 7-Up? Anybody remember 7-Up? Uh, and, and, and there weren't that many choices. I, I remember growing up in the 80s and, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of choices. Uh, you remember when, uh, I believe it's McDonald's or Burger King or, or one of these fast food restaurants, they came out with that, uh, with that, that box that has the, uh, uh, the touch screen. And it has over a hundred different choices of soft drinks. Anybody seen those? Y'all seen those? I remember when that thing first came out. Man, I walked up to that thing and I was like a deer in the headlines. I didn't know what to do. I was like, uh, what, where do I push and where do I get this? And there were so many choices. I was overwhelmed with the amount of choices. Now, of course, I've used them a few times. I know exactly where to go. I know exactly which drink I want. Uh, but, but now we have so many different choices. We have, you know, of course, Coke and we have uh, Pepsi and we have uh, diets and we have uh, cherry flavored and we have vanilla flavored and we have uh, caffeine free and we have uh, black cherry flavor. We have all these different choices. 
Lots and lots of choices. Uh, how about, uh, how, how, that, those are all the choices you have to make after you decide you want to have a soft drink. Okay, you want a soft drink, uh, and then you have to make this decision. Now, how about television? How many of you were around, okay, uh, when, when there was the rabbit ears, okay, uh, and you had three channels? Y'all remember that? Okay, I remember that. Now, how many, I don't want you, to, I don't want someone to say, well, I remember when we didn't even have TVs. Okay, all right, God bless you, amen. Uh, I remember all we had was a radio. All right, well, amen. And I, I don't think anybody was around when there wasn't any radios, okay? Uh, but back then, you had the rabbit ears, uh, and I remember we used to use a, a coat hanger, you know, put a coat, hang, a coat hanger on the TV and try to get it, and we had three channels, just three. And there was just three major channels. It was ABC, NBC, and CBS, and maybe you had one local channel, and that was it. I remember as a child, and, and you know, you would move those rabbit ears, and you try to get the reception, and you had just the choice between those three channels, four at most. And times have evolved, have they not? Now, uh, if you have cable, or if you have some kind of uh, a t- television streaming service, man, you have choice after choice after choice after... I remember when we first got cable, uh, and, uh, and I was probably a teenager at that time, and, and I would hit the menu button, and, and the menu button would come up with, you know, the screen would come up with all these channels, and I would page through those channels, and it would take me so long to figure out, man, what, what am I going to watch? What, what are we going to look at? And so many channels, so many choices. Listen, that's all the decisions that you have to make after you choose to sit down uh, and, and watch a television show. Uh, you see, let's just pretend that you decide you're going to sit down and watch a sporting event. Uh, well, nowadays you have uh, so many channels. You have ESPN, ESPN2. You have uh, Rodeo Channel, Golf Channel, Fishing Channel, Hunting Channel. I wouldn't be surprised if you had a sumo wrestling channel. I have no idea that that exists, but I wouldn't be surprised if that, that did exist. You have so many choices, so many options. Uh, how about this one? Uh, purchasing a pair of jeans. Now, I don't necessarily wear jeans. Uh, I'm a slacks guy. Uh, I think jeans are a little uh, too tight, and too, especially now they wear uh, uh, skinny jeans. I ain't putting on anything that's skinny. There ain't nothing skinny about me. And so if I try to put on something that's skinny and I'm a fat guy, it's going to look really weird. Okay? Uh, I give my sons-in-law a really hard time. Because uh, they say, well, these aren't skinny. Well, well, what do you mean? They're tight. They're skin tight. How can they not be skinny? You look like an... A- okay, anyway, I don't want to get into it. I, I have arguments with them because they look absolutely goofy to me. Needless to say, uh, if you choose to buy a, a pair of Levi Strauss jeans, okay? I've read that Levi Strauss has over 70,000 different products. They have plain pocket, fancy pocket, no pocket, zipper fly, button down fly, boot cut, slim fit, casual fit, baggy fit, stone wash, pre wash, never washed, uh, blue jeans, faded jeans, and of course now we have skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. I make fun of people that wear skinny jeans. And I'm not, listen, I'm not teasing you if you want to wear uh, pants that are really tight. That's your business, okay? I'm not doing it. It's not going to happen. Uh, needless to say, uh, we have a lot of choices. How about ice cream? How many in here like ice cream? Amen. All of you godly people, God bless you. Amen. <laughs> I love ice cream. It's one of my, uh, one of my faults. I mean, I, I eat it way too much. That's why I don't fit in skinny jeans. Anyway, uh, so uh, back in the day, you had chocolate, you had vanilla, and maybe you had strawberry, and maybe Neapolitan, you know, the, the, the mix. And that was it. 
Uh, okay, nowadays you have Oreo, you have uh, chocolate chunk, you have uh, swirl, you have rocky road, you have fudge ripple, cherry cheesecake, mint, mint chocolate chip, cookie dough, butter pecan, uh, cookies and cream, peanut butter ripple, etc., etc., etc. This is all the decisions you have to make after you choose to consume some ice cream. We all have many choices to make. And these are, of course, lighthearted. These are choices that are not that important. These are choices, except the skinny jeans. Anyway, these are choices that are not that important. Uh, They're not going to impact necessarily uh, eternity. Uh, But listen, we have lots of choices to make that do impact eternity. We have lots of decisions to make that have eternal consequences. And it's way more important to make sure we do God's will in those decisions than it is in, you know, radio or television or soft drinks or jeans or whatever the case may be. Listen to this story. There was a guy who had just moved to America and was struggling with the language. He called a friend who had already gone through this transition. And he says to his friend uh, in the language, their native language, and he says, man, I, I got a problem, man. I, I'm, I'm going to be eating meals out in restaurants and, and, and I need you to teach me how to order food. And otherwise, man, I'm, I'm going to starve. I'm going to have a hard time. And so the friend said, oh, no problem. You know, I experienced that. I know exactly what you're going through. And, and he says, all you have to do is say three things. You go into the restaurant, you sit down, the server comes to you, just say three things. All you have to do is say three things. And so he taught him how to say those three things. He says, repeat after me. And he was telling his friend, hamburger, fries, Coke. Just say three things, just hamburger, fries, Coke. And so he, he coached him up and he taught him how to say that. And, and sure enough, his friend left. And uh, the next time he went to eat, he, he went to the restaurant. The server came. They said, what would you like? He said, hamburger, fries, Coke. And sure enough, the server went, put the order in. A few, few minutes later, comes back with hamburger, fries, Coke. He eats his meal. And this goes on pretty well, pretty successfully for a few weeks. But after a while, he gets tired of eating hamburger, fries, Coke for every meal. And so he goes to his friend again. He says, listen, uh, you got to help me out. Uh, teach me something else. I need to eat something different. Expand my, my choices here. Uh, he says, oh, no problem. No problem. No problem. Uh, just go in. Just say three things. When you go in, just say three things. Just say eggs, toast, juice. And so he coached him up. He taught him how to say those words, how to pronounce them. And he said, eggs, toast, juice. So his friend got it. Okay, no problem. And uh, he left. And the next time he went to eat, he went into a restaurant. The server came. Uh, They said, what can I get for you? He said, eggs, toast, juice. The server went on to ask him, would you like your your eggs scrambled, fried, poached, boiled, or eggs benedict? Uh, Would you like white toast, wheat toast, rye toast, bran, muffin, or biscuit? Would you like orange juice, apple juice, grapefruit juice, cranberry juice, or tomato juice? The man said, hamburger, fries, Coke. (laughs) It's too many choices. I can't handle it. That's too much. You're overwhelming me. Uh, And those of us that are men, we can understand. My wife sends me to the store. And unless she tells me exactly the the, the brand, uh, the size, uh, the ounces, man, I'm I'm in trouble. Because I go to the aisle and uh, there's too many choices. I'm on the phone. Which one would you like? Would you like this one? Would you like that? That's how we are. We have lots of choices to make. And listen, again, those are not all that important. But there are some very, very important decisions that we have to make in our life. We have some decisions to make as to what we're going to do for the kingdom of God. And yes, uh, those decisions, those minor decisions, we want to honor the Lord with them as well. But listen, we need to make sure that we choose purposefully to honor the Lord in those kingdom decisions. 
Those decisions that involve the Word of God. Those decisions that involve the house of God. Those decisions that involve the kingdom of God. Listen, we must know the will of God for those decisions. That's the most important thing. Some people might even say to us, well, we can't know uh, the exact will of God. Or I beg to differ. I think the scriptures tell us that we can know. Uh, Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 17, once again. Verse number 17 says, wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding the, what the will of the Lord is. Understanding. If I'm to understand it, I must have been told it. I must uh, know it in order to understand it. So the will of God is perceptible. The will of God is knowable. Uh, the will of God is attainable. It is attainable. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, uh, a holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh, God's will can be proved. God's will can be attained. God's will can be known. It can be perceived. But there's some things that we have to do. Uh, and God's, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 there's people that say, well, you know, God will do this and God will do that and God will take it. Listen, God feeds the sparrows, but he doesn't put the worms in their mouth. Y- y'all with me? You see, because without God, we cannot. But without us, he will not. Y'all with me tonight? There's this thing about, see, God chooses human beings to use as his vessels, as his instruments of his mercy and his grace to mankind. And so we are intricately involved in his will. We're intricately involved in his work. We have a work to do. And it's not just, well, I'm going to sit uh, on my blessed assurance. I'm going to sit down uh, on my rusty dusty and just coast my way through life and and make it to heaven. And, And listen, if that's what you choose to do, that's between you and God. But let me tell you something. God has a will of uh, his perfect will for you and you and you and you and you and me. He has a perfect will for each and every one of us. And he wants to use us and we can attain it. We can perceive it. We can absolutely accomplish it. So I got some points in in the message tonight from uh, Ephesians chapter 5 that will help us to attain it. That will help us give us uh, increase our chances uh, of accomplishing God's will for our life. Point number one. Point number one in the outline tonight. Observe your walk. Observe your walk. Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 15. Observe your walk. Verse 15, the Bible says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Uh, Circumspectly. Walk, behave yourself, conduct yourself in such a way that you're circumspect. Y'all know what the word circumference means, right? Circumference means uh, the, uh, it's a circle. It's, it's round. When someone's walking circumspectly, they're being careful. They're looking around. They're watching where they step. They're watching where they go. They're watching what's behind them. They're being extra careful to make sure that each step is accurate, it's correct, it's right. Each direction that they take, each fork in the road that they come to, they're walking circumspectly saying, Lord, is this your will? Is this the direction you want me to go? 
Lord, should I step here? Should I go there? Should I not do that? Should I go this way? Uh, Lord, what's behind me? Uh, They're always looking. They're being extremely careful. Listen, a person that walks circumspectly will consider the risks and the consequences before they act, before they decide. You see, that person is not going to make a decision on impulse. That person is going to uh, consider everything and, and look at the, uh, all the options and, and say, okay, what is best? What is God honoring? What will bring glory to God most? Look at Ephesians 5. Look at verse number 1. Verse number 1. The Bible says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Look at verse 3. Now, these are the things that a circumspect individual is going to avoid. Look at it, verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. We're walking circumspect. Uh, Hey, that covetousness, we're going to avoid that. Uh, hey, uh, that fornication, we're going to stay away from that, that road, that path. Uh, hey, that uncleanness, we're going to not walk in that direction. We're walking circumspectly. Look at verse 4. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. By the way, uh, he says there in verse number 4, uh, nor foolish talking. I find that in many churches and many Christian people, uh, that they're more concerned about the gossip than they are about the gospel. Too many people hey, uh, want to get the latest news and find the latest gossip and get the latest, uh, you know, the latest dirt on someone else. And listen, uh, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, uh, sometimes social media, uh, people dig for dirt and, and they're attacking. And, and instead of giving out the gospel, they're passing around the gossip. Let's make sure a person that's walking circumspectly, that's foolish talking. Let's avoid that. Uh, let's stay away from the gossip. Let's stay away from the foolish talking. Let's stay away uh, from uh, digging the dirt on people and, and passing that around. Let's look at verse number five. Uh, verse number, uh, let's read verse number four again. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Verse five. For this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Do you see here that the scriptures are teaching us in this passage, in its context, it's saying, you're going to walk circumspectly. There's some things that you're going to avoid. There's some things that you have to leave out of your life. By the way, not only are there some things, uh, some actions, there's some people we're going to have to leave out of our life. There's going to be some people that aren't building us up in our precious faith, in our most precious faith. There's some people that are bringing us down. There's going to be some people that instead of bringing us closer to Christ, they're bringing us further from Christ. There's going to be some people that are instead of encouraging us to go to church, they're going to discourage us from going to church. If we're walking circumspectly, I'm not saying be mean. I'm not saying be rude. I'm not saying be be, be, uh, 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 an evil person. But I'm saying, listen, protect yourself. Insulate yourself. Uh, Make sure that you're careful whom you spend time with. Look at verse number 8 of Ephesians 5. Verse number 8. I love this passage. It says, For ye were sometimes darkness. Man, aren't you glad we're no longer in the darkness? Aren't you glad you're a child of the light? Aren't you glad you're on your way to heaven? Aren't you glad you're not on your way to hell? Man, praise God. We're no longer walking around in the darkness blindly, not knowing where we're going. 
Uh, it says, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. That's why he says in verse number 15, see that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools. Don't be foolish. Don't be silly. Don't be unwise. Be careful who you spend time with. Be careful what you allow to influence you. Be careful. Be careful. Be circumspect. Listen, there are some things, some questions that I ask myself, and I encourage you to do the same. And I'm not saying you have to follow uh, everything that I do, but I'm just saying these are questions that I ask myself when I have to make a decision, when I have to choose, and I'm not exactly sure what God's will is. Question number one. Will me doing this bring glory to God? For whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says. So will me doing this bring glory to God? That's question number one. Listen, if me doing whatever doesn't bring glory to God, then I shouldn't do it. Y'all with me tonight? I shouldn't do it. Question number two. Can I, can I speak about the Lord to others while I'm participating in this event or thing or whatever the case may be? Can I freely speak of Jesus Christ to others while I'm doing this? If I cannot, then I don't do it. Number three, is this something that appeals primarily to my flesh? Is this something that appeals primarily to my flesh? Or is this something that's spiritual? Uh, Number four, would the Lord Jesus Christ himself participate in this thing? Remember, he told his disciples, and he meant that for them and for us, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's with us everywhere that we go. He's with us as we're sitting in front of that computer screen. He's with us as we're uh, uh, scrolling on our cell phone. He's with us as we're uh, around the water cooler and uh, as gossip is being spread. He's with us as that co-worker is telling that dirty joke. He's with us. Let's not take the Lord places that he wouldn't want to go. Uh, question number five. Does this activity have the appearance of evil? It may not be evil in and of itself, but will someone think that I'm doing something sinful, even though I'm not, then I should probably... Avoid it. First Thessalonians 5.22 says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Now listen, if you ask yourself those questions, if I ask myself those questions and I still can't figure it out, I go by this principle. When in doubt, don't. You know why? I can always go back and redo something that I didn't do. But I can never, I can never go back and undo something I've already done. Y'all with me? I can never go back. I can't change it. I can't remove it from people's minds. I can't stop people from remembering it. I can never change the impact that that decision had on other people once it's done. And so we need to make sure that we observe our walk, where we go, who we hang with, who we allow to influence us, walk circumspectly. Number two, uh, we want to accomplish God's will. We have lots of choices, but we want to accomplish God's will. Number one, observe your walk. Number two, obtain more wisdom. Obtain more wisdom. 
Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse number 15. Verse number 15. The Bible says, see then that ye walk circumspectly. Uh, make sure you're careful. Uh, the next phrase says, not as fools, but as wise. Uh, someone who has wisdom. Someone who has knowledge. Someone who is, his, uh, his decision making is, is well informed. Look at verse number 17. Verse number 17. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is this teaching us? Get as much information as you can. Find out. Uh, figure out some information, some details. Uh, make a well-informed decision. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 4, where no counsel is the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. I'll be honest with you. I have counselors that I have chosen to be counselors in my life. And, and, and I go to these people and I say, hey, listen, I have this decision to make. I have this crossroads, this, this, this place where I, I don't know what to do. Hey, what is your opinion? What do you think? As a matter of fact, before we decided to uh, uh, accept this position here, I called my counselors. And I said to them, I said, hey, here are the facts. Here's the details. Here's the information. What would you do? How would you handle this? And sometimes, you know, uh, they say something I don't like. Most of the time they say, you know, uh, that sounds like a good idea. But there are times when they say, hey, Pedro, maybe you shouldn't do that. Uh, Maybe you shouldn't go that way. Uh, And sometimes I listen and sometimes I don't. It all depends. But you must get as much information and counsel as you possibly can. You know, pastor knows me. We've known each other for a long time. But he still got counsel before he hired me. And that's wise. You see, because uh, it's been a long time since we've been together, uh, things have transpired. Uh, his life has changed. My life has changed. And, and uh, I put on a lot of weight. Amen. Uh, but he still had to do his due diligence and check. And that's wise. That's what we all should do. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Listen, don't let your judgment be too hasty. Make sure you get as many details about the situation as you possibly can. Don't make an impulse decision. You ever been there where you, where you bought something impulsively? Anybody ever? I have done it. Anybody ever done that? I remember we had a guy came and knocked on our door. This was years ago, years ago. Uh, we were just, I mean, we were only married a few years. And they came and knocked on our door and they sold to us a freezer. They sold to us not only a freezer, but they sold to us this meat service. Like, they would deliver meat each month. I hope and pray you all have never done it. <laughs> Man, that was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made in my life. I mean, it was an absolute disaster. Uh, I eventually, uh, you know, we had this meat, uh, and I don't even know if we kept going, but eventually I sold the freezer. It was just a disaster. We made an impulse decision. We didn't wait on it. We didn't sleep on it. We didn't get counsel on it. And we regretted it. You see, I used to say that experience is the best teacher. And I've grown up a little bit. I've matured some. And I've learned that experience is not the best teacher. It's a good teacher. But I believe now that the experience of others is the best teacher. You see, because I don't have to go through everything myself to learn. Sometimes I can ask someone else and say, hey, hey, you went through this. What did you do? How did it work out for you? And then they counsel me and I say, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. Learn from others. Be humble enough to say, I don't know everything. I can learn from other people. Uh, And we must be willing to ask people for their advice. 
That's why the president of the United States has a cabinet of advisors. If all you have is your perspective, if all you have is your opinion, if all you have is what you think, you're more than likely going to make a bad decision, a bad choice. Who is your counselors? Is there anybody in your mind right now that you think, well, uh, when I have a decision to make and I'm, I'm perplexed and I'm not sure, I, I call this person, I speak to this person, I, 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 I look up this person. Man, it can be a pastor. It can be a life group teacher. Uh, it can be uh, a, a, a successful person in that area, a trustworthy friend, an older Christian, a spiritual parent, a mother or father, a soul winner. Listen, find someone that can help you make decisions that will honor the Lord. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 15, the Bible says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel, uh, he that hearkeneth rather unto counsels is wise. Have you ever been there where you made a decision and then you found out more information and you said, ah, if I would have known that, I wouldn't have chose this. Is anybody else like me? You ever been there? Y'all awake tonight? Amen. Don't make me pull out more jokes. No, I'm just <laughs> My wife says, please, no, please, no, no more jokes. Uh, listen, I've been there where I made a decision and then I found out more information. I said, ah, oh, if I would have known that, I would have chose that instead of this. I wish I would have known that. And it's regret. And it's you almost feel guilty. You feel a little embarrassed and maybe even a little ashamed. Uh, listen, get as much information as you possibly can. In January 1997, according to Moira Hodgson in the uh, New York Times, Sam Sebastiani Jr., a member of one of California's most prominent winemaking families, died from eating poisonous mushrooms. I don't eat mushrooms. They're all poisonous to me. Amen. I'm sorry, Miss Rose, but I don't like mushrooms. <laughs> uh, so he ate this. He had gathered this mushroom near his home in Santa Rosa, California. According to Ms. Hodgson, uh, the mushroom that Mr. Sebastiani is thought to have eaten was called an Amanita phylloides, also known as the death cap mushroom. And it is the cause of 95% of lethal mushroom poisonings worldwide and is fatal more than 35% of the time. The, the article continues to say toxins in the cap of this mushroom destroy the victim's liver by rupturing the cells. Can you imagine eating something and having that happen to you? Uh, experts say uh, they're warning that inexperienced mushroom enthusiasts, they need to leave the picking of, 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 of mushrooms to trained mycologists. I guess that's the people who pick mushrooms. Anyway, uh, they're trained mycologists who will not be fooled by poisonous varieties that closely resemble their non-poisonous cousins. Uh, Roseanne Soloway, a poison control center administrator, says uh, a level of presumed expertise is not enough to save your life. One of the most sinister aspects of deadly mushroom poisoning is the delay between ingestion and the onset of the symptoms. The stronger the poison, the longer it takes to show itself. And by the time that a patient is aware of the problem, it's too late. It's too late. Can you imagine Learning about a decision you made that's fatal after the fact. After the fact. After it's too late. There's nothing the doctors can do. Uh, you're on your deathbed. I mean, you're, you're gasping for your last breaths and, and you wish you hadn't made that decision. Some things we should not attempt to learn by trial and error. 
Uh, some things, uh, we, the, the full consequences of those decisions and those actions may not be realized until it's too late. Hey, Christian, make a well-informed, uh, make a well-investigated decision. Have counselors. Obtain more wisdom. Don't be foolish, the Bible tells us. Uh, everybody with me tonight? Uh, and so we want to make decisions that honor the Lord. We want to accomplish His will. We want to obtain His will. The first thing we must do is observe our walk. Be careful who we allow to influence us. Number two, obtain more wisdom. And lastly, number three, obey God's will. Now you say, wait a second, preacher, what are you talking about? You're talking about uh, trying to find God's will. And you, you're saying obey God's will? Yes, obey God's will. Look at verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 5 again. Verse 17 says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I mentioned this the other day. I believe it was on Sunday. I can't remember exactly. Uh, But I mentioned the fact that there's a revealed will of God and there's an unrevealed will of God. You see, you have a revealed will of God. I have a revealed will of God. But we also have an unrevealed will of God. You see, the revealed will of God, as I pointed out the other day, here's the revealed will of God right here. Here's the revealed. He, this is God's revelation to man, to you and to me. God has revealed his heart. God has revealed his will. God has revealed what he expects from mankind right here. And so in order for us to find the unrevealed will of God, we must, we have to obey the revealed will of God. Too many Christians, again, as I said the other day, too many Christians, they want to know, Lord, who am I going to marry? Lord, where am I going to work? Lord, where am I going to live? Uh, Lord, what am I going to do as far as a career? Lord, uh, what am I going to do as far as service to you in, in the church? Lord, Lord, Lord. And, and listen, they're not attending church faithfully. They're not reading the word of God. They're not praying. They're not tithing. They're not giving the missions. Uh, they're, they're not uh, witnessing. They're not doing the basics. Listen, the basics and the fundamentals of Christianity are God's will for every Christian. When I do this, I want to hear you say amen. Y'all with me? Everybody with me? It's God's will for every Christian. By the way, uh, it's God's will for every man, every woman, every boy and every girl to be saved. It's God's, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. And so it's God's will for all to be saved. By the way, once you get saved, it's God's will for everyone that is saved, stay with me now, to be baptized. We're Baptist church, amen? We believe in baptism. I remember when Trina and I first got saved in November of 1993, we attended a small Baptist church. Uh, along, we went through a process before we got to the Baptist, okay? But we got there eventually. Uh, and we attended a small Baptist church. They didn't have a baptistry. And we wanted to get baptized. We knew it was right. We knew we should be baptized. And, and we, we went to our pastor and said, Pastor, we want to be baptized. We, we know we should be baptized. We, we feel like we're being disobedient. And we were. And, but they didn't have a baptistry. He said, no worries. Uh, for, for our church, for our services, when folks need to be baptized, we borrow the, the church down the road. It's a Brethren in Christ church down the road. They let us borrow their services, or their building rather. Uh, they have a baptistry. We'll baptize you there. I said, great. As soon as possible. Let's get it done. And I remember shortly thereafter, a few weeks went by, we, we went and had our, our evening service down at the Brethren in Christ Church. Uh, and I wish I had a picture. I wish I had a certificate. I didn't get any of those things. Uh, but I remember it like it was yesterday. 
Man, they, they had a, it was an old type of church and they had the baptistry on the floor and they had to open this door like this, you know, and you had to climb in there. And I thought, man, am I going to survive this thing, you know? And so we got in there and he baptized us. Man, it was great. It was awesome. Listen, if you're saved tonight and you're not baptized, that's the first thing you need to do. Get baptized. What's the hold up? What are you waiting on? You know, I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, preacher, I got to get this right. And I got to get that right. And I got to this. I said, wait a second. Uh, if, if, if baptism is a, a symbol of the transaction that is taking place in my heart, if baptism is a representation of me committing my life to Christ and giving my life to him to save my eternal, never dying soul, what in the world do I got to fix? I don't got to fix nothing. I mean, if I were to go to Trina and say, hey, will you marry me? Uh, and I said, but, but you got to wait about a year or so until I get this right and that right. And this. she's going to say, get out of here, you loser. Nah, y'all with me? You see, we put on the wedding band and we say, hey, we put this on. And yes, we're imperfect. And yes, we have flaws. And yes, we have faults. But we love each other. We've made a commitment. I don't go to her and say, well, let's get married. But I'll wait till next year to wear my, my wedding ring. <laughs> that wouldn't go over very well. Uh, you know, give me a couple years and I'll start wearing my, my wedding band. When my eyes stop wandering, uh, when I stop lusting after other women, then I'll, no, 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 no. She says, you need to stop doing that now. <laughs> you need to stop doing that now. Listen, it's a symbol of our commitment to the Lord. If we're not saved, the will of God, number one for you, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, is to trust Christ as your Savior. The will of God, number two, if you are saved, is to be baptized. The will of God, number three, this is the will of God for all Christians, is to be a member of a local church. You see, because he teaches us in Matthew 28, 19, the, the, uh, the, the, the Great Commission, he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, okay? Number one, go. Uh, number two, teach, okay? Lead them to Christ. Uh, number three, baptize. And then number four, teach them, okay? So, uh, and then we understand that baptism uh, is the doorway to church membership, Acts 2, 41. Uh, and they that gladly received this word were baptized, and the same day that were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So if baptism is the doorway to church membership, and we're commanded to be baptized, huh, by implication, at the very least, we're commanded to be a member. Y'all with me this evening? By implication, at the very least, we're commanded to be a member. Too many, uh, listen, I've seen many a floating member have sunk many a church. Too many people want to float. Too many people want to, hey, well, I'll go here this week and there that week and, and I'll go there. And, and listen, there's no accountability. Uh, there's no service because they're floating from church to church to church, hopping churches all over the place. That's not God's will. I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes a little bit. It's not God's will for Christians to hop from church to church to church. Let's make a commitment. Could you imagine if I said to Trina, I said, hey, I'm married to you, but, you know, I got this lady over here on the side. Oh, you, you, you know, you better believe the bat's coming over my head, you know. Uh, it ain't going to work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work in marriage, and it does not work in church membership. It's God's will for us to be saved. It's God's will for us to be baptized. It's God's will for us to be a church member. It's God's will for us to read the the word of God. It's God's will for for us to memorize scripture. It's God's will for us to be a soul winner. It's God's will for us to serve. It's God's will. Now here's the problem. We want to know the unrevealed and we're not even close to doing the revealed. That's the problem I've seen in way too many church members. 
Way too many Christians. They want to know, Lord, what's that big, that spectacular, that wow thing that you have me to do? And God says, well, hold on a second. Did you read the Bible this morning? Well, wait a second. Have you prayed this week? Well, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. Have you handed out a tract? Mm. You've been baptized yet? Listen, you're not ready. You're not ready. And I know we won't attain all of these perfectly. I get that. But listen, we must be trying to obtain and to do God's will. It's God's will for us to praise him. It's God's will for us to submit to him. It's God's will for us to serve him. It's God's will for us to give to him and his work. It's God's will. Hey, we got a lot of choices. The decision that we make tonight is, are we going to choose God's will or are we going to choose our will? Are we going to choose to do what he has said that we are supposed to do? Or are we going to choose, you know, we're going to pick and choose like a smorgasbord. I want a little of this, a little of that. Uh, I don't want any of that. I'll take some of this and some of that. No, no, no. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Bob Mumford, I'll end with this story. Bob Mumford in his book, Take Another Look at Guidance, he compares discovering God's will with a captain docking his boat in a harbor in Italy. Now, this particular harbor, this particular dock can only be reached by sailing up a very narrow channel between dangerous rocks and shallow water areas surrounded by underwater sandbanks. Over the years, many ships have been wrecked uh, and navigation is extremely hazardous. And so in order to guide these ships into the port safely, they have placed up three lights on the dock. Three lights, three huge poles have been mounted uh, at that harbor. And when those three lights are seen from the ship trying to navigate that channel, when those three lights are seen as one light and one light only, then they know they're going straight. If, If they see more than one light, if they see two lights, they're in trouble. If they see three lights, they're really in trouble. They have to navigate that ship, that boat, whatever vessel it is, they have to see those lights As only one light. One right behind the other. Listen. The application for you and for me. We must make sure that we have the lights of God's will lined up. Line them up. Salvation. Baptism. Church membership. Service. Singing. Giving. Sanctification. Line them up, buddy. Line them up, Christian. Line them up, mister. Line them up, ma'am. Line them up. And I guarantee you, God will show you his unrevealed will. I guarantee you. Because he sees a Christian. He sees an individual who wants to honor him, who wants to serve him, who wants to obey what he's already been told. And God says, I can trust that person. I can trust that person. Listen, I don't know what you're dealing with in your life, in your Christian walk. But tonight... God is saying, let's get it right. Let's get it right. Let's fix it. Let's make the decision. uh, Out of all the choices that you've made today, this one that you're getting ready to make right now is the most important. The most important. If we don't have the will of God lined up in our life, we won't be able to see clearly to navigate the port of God's unrevealed will perfectly. How about it tonight, Christian? What area in your life, not exactly what it should be? What area in my life is not exactly what it should be? Hey, listen, let's get it right. 
Let's get it right. As pastor said the other night, let's hit the reset button and say, okay, Lord, I've put this off long enough. I've avoided this long enough. It's time for me to get myself right. We want revival? Let's obey the will of the Lord. Let's obey the will of the Lord. Let's bow together for a prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we pray tonight. Lord, that Ephesians chapter 5 would impact our lives. The verses that you have highlighted for us. That they would penetrate. They would convict. Lord, you know exactly who is dealing with what here tonight. Lord, you know what I'm dealing with. You know the areas that I'm struggling with. And you know the areas that everyone else here in this room is struggling with also. Lord, we pray tonight that you would help us to line up the lights of your revealed will. To line them up and to obey them. Lord, we pray that you would help us to live in such a way that we'd submit to your will. Obey your will. Do your will. So that you might reveal to us what we can't see right now. So that you might reveal to us, Lord, that that greater work that you would have us to do. Father, please, bless your people tonight. If there's someone here this evening, Lord, that doesn't know for sure they're going to heaven, Lord, we pray that they would take that first step of obedience and trusting you as, as their Savior. Lord, if there's someone here tonight that is saved and hasn't followed you in believer's baptism, Lord, we pray that they would take that step, that they would submit to that. Lord, if there's someone here tonight that is saved and is baptized, but, Lord, they've never made White Oak Baptist Church their permanent church home, Lord, we pray that they would make that decision tonight or or soon, dear Father. Lord, help us all to make a commitment to Bible reading, to prayer, to witnessing, to tithing, Lord, to serving, to singing, to sanctify, sanctification, Lord, in you. Please, dear Father, help us to glorify you with our life. In Christ's name we pray.